This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. This week on the Indo-Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me. And she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonished Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. Donica, before the uh, drawn Waterford-Kilkenny game, there was a pretty solid consensus that uh, Waterford had no real chance of, of upsetting them. Uh, and they came that close. Likewise, do you think Tipperary are being dismissed a little bit too easily this weekend? I suppose Tipperary deserve respect on the basis of the body of work they've done this year. But the longer the season goes on, the less likely these shocks and upsets become. You're in an All-Ireland semi-final stage now. Um, Mayo are really experienced, so I just I don't see them getting upset. So in the world, no, I think it's Mayo's to lose this weekend. What do you reckon, Connor? Yeah, it's probably along similar lines. I was looking back over the uh, the record of teams in Tipperary's position before. You know, the the real outsiders to get to All Ireland semi-finals and uh, like Wexford in 2008 were only I think four points off their own, and Fermanagh only had a couple of points off Mayo in 2004. So, like, you know, with this percep- perception maybe that the, the real rank outsiders are going to get hammered in the All-Ireland semi-final. But I don't know. Like, they they, they are kind of down to the bare bones of a team. Like, with the fellas that they've they've missed, like, you could argue that the team is actually very well balanced because Liam Cairns was forced into picking this sort of a team. But, you know, I think once they go beyond number 16 and number 17, which they'll, which they'll have to do against Mayo over the weekend, um, you know, their their talent pool is pretty shallow. Um, and for all that they do well, I think Mayo do an awful lot more better. David, uh, Connor mentioned Fermanagh in 2004 and people in Mayo know all about that. I mean, you were forced to a second day and came that close, perilously close to actually losing on both days, you could argue. Frank, that's right. And and it's something that, you know, even players like Alan Dillon, David Clark and Andy Morton will uh, will bring up and I think they should because it's it's the one thing about male football and it's it's you know every team is different every decade is different and every cycle is different but um, I've always seen where Mayo continuously fail to kind of compete with the lower level teams you know you can't you can't quantify how a team can get bet in 2010 by a Longford they can struggle against you know, teams from Division 2 and 3, but then they can beat the the likes of, of, of the Dublins, the Currys, the Tyrones in this world when it, when it matters in All-Ireland quarterfinals and semi-finals are, are, are the big games. Um, I just think that uh, the the name Tipperary um, should be obliterated from the Mayo mindset. And it's 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 down to the, actually what the results, what they've achieved and the players they have on the pitch. Because if you look at these two teams, they're, they're coming from, um, you know, different perspectives of, of the GEA world but it's the foundation and the base of it is, is based on exactly the same successful minor teams successful All-Ireland teams in the last four or five years and uh, 
successful club teams that's reached All Ireland semi finals and All Ireland finals in the last four or five years. You have a combination of both in each team. Now, experience is is key. If Tipperary go and start like they did against Galway, um, they could be they could be out of sight by half time because they need to believe and feel once the ball is thrown in that they're in the game and they're competitive. If they have ten shots at goal or ten opportunities to score, and they, you know. They, they they don't take them in the first ten or fifteen minutes like they did the last day against Galway when Michael Goodwin scored his goal after sixteen minutes. Um, that opportunity mightn't come uh, on the sixteenth minute from Tipperary, so it's important that they get a good start in the game. But I honestly believe that um, you know whoever they have or they haven't got, they have the momentum. And we've seen it in sports, whether it's soccer or rugby, in the last twelve months. That Leicester should never have won a title and Connacht should never have won the Pro 12. But it's, 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 we're going from what we've seen in the past and what was, what was uh, delivered in the future by them. Teams were totally different. I think Tipperary are delivering that different sort of mentality in football uh, in the 2016 Championship. It's kind of stating the obvious a little bit, but the start is vital. I was down at the Munster final for Kerry Tip and Kerry absolutely choked the life out of him the first 15 minutes and Tipperary went away very quickly and they, never, they were never given the minute to breed. Um, I think the same is true at the weekend. If, if Tipperary find themselves in the game after half time, I think they'll start to grow and believe more, as underdogs tend to do in these scenarios. So, Mayo need to be very professional what they could do, get the first 15, 20 minutes right, and you know just put all notions of winning this game out of Tipperary's mind. That's what, from their point it, of view. It's an interesting test, too, for Mayo because you know, they have had struggles that fall back over the last few years. Um, you know, obviously Lee Keegan went in and did a job the last day against Sean Cavanaugh but I think in Michael Quinlivan and Conor Sweeney Tipperary have a much more direct threat um, and I think they'll go along with diagonal ball in there even the only goal chance the real goal chance that Tyrone had the last day came from that sort of a pass from uh, Matty Donnelly into Conor McAlisky uh, the shot that was saved by David Clark and I just wonder will, I mean Keegan was great to mark Sean Cavanaugh so far as you know when Cavanaugh dropped deep and Keegan got on the ball he's a really really good footballer but um, you know, while Tipperary, I don't expect them to get a huge amount of ball at the weekend and really go after the jugular or Mayo, but it'll be interesting to maybe test out what's going to happen back there because you know that's that's something that if Mayo get over, whether Dublin or Kerry will absolutely go after in a big, big way. David, that brings to mind actually the Mayo selection and and I suppose the importance of it this weekend. Do, do you think Kevin Keane maybe recalled with a view to marking Quinlevin that they'll go with a more orthodox fullback? Um. I don't think so, Frank, no. Um, what I, I do think is that Tipperary learned from Tyrone um, that you kicked the bloody ball into the full forward line and Tyrone didn't test Mayo's full back line at any really given stage and a high ball direction they wanted to keep ball. But um, like in, in, the, in the, the last game against Galway, like Tipperary created 10 possible goal chances, definitely six to seven. And a lot of that was from long direct ball, and and they're they're well capable of mixing it, mixing the long ball in. But if Mayo sit back and entice Tipperary on, they're well capable of playing a short and going up through the centre. And then, you know, Tyrone were, were very naive, and a lot of the times they they didn't try and drive through the middle, and they got one goal opportunity. But I think that there was there was plenty more there opportunities if they if they just tried to to vary it a bit more. But they were very static. And they were very rigid in their game plan. And again, Mio's game plan we've seen all year has been tweaked. Um, it is going to be important two starts 
Um, but I do think having Keith Higgins back as an out-and-out um, cornerback um, had to be done. Uh, it's, 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 it, it needed to be done because it didn't him play him as a corner forward or as, as a roving corner, corner forward out around the pitch or out around the 45 middle didn't work. Um, Lee Keegan would be instrumental um, because he's one of the best man markers in the uh, country. Would it be suited to Mike Quinlan? I think I think himself and, and, and Donald Vaughan will have a lot of interchanging. I think Donald Vaughan might be suited a lot more when Quinlan comes out and tries and gains possession from the uh, temporary kickouts because it's happened time and time again. His two midfielders have switched over to the left-hand corner, left-hand side, and allows him to come up the middle and contest kickouts. And I think Donny Vaughan will uh, be will, will will pick him up when he comes out to that far. As he comes back deeper, I think uh, Lee Keegan will have an opportunity. And I think a, a positive from a defensive point of view this year also is, is Brendan Harrison in the Mayo full back line. He's matured with every game and he's he's becoming a permanent fixture there and he's he's a good steady pair of hands. Yeah, I was going to ask you, David, are you are you happier with how the the Mayo game plan has be, has bedded in, obviously against Tyrone? Because there's there's been lots of teething issues there with the sweeper system, what exactly players were doing if they were in the right positions, etc. Are you happier with how it's all coming together now? Um, I'll answer that, Frank, by telling you the Mayo team is a lot happier, um, and they seem a lot more, I suppose, comfortable. I'm more comfortable with it. And they're more comfortable with it because um, it, it it's hard to it's hard to um, you know that system wasn't going to be lurking in the background really. Maybe if it was going to come out in a game against Dublin or Kerry and Ireland in the final, well, answers that that's the, the the management are more genius than us. But that's not going to be implemented in a day, and it's taken four or five you know games to get it right. But it ha- I think they went back to the basics the last. Kevin McLaughlin is no longer. Playing as a half forward, he is he is a, a half back who who sits back and sweeps, and the men that's doing all the work is the likes of Jason Darity and Jim O'Connor, who is doing untold amount of running from their forty-five back to their own defensive forty-five uh, to cover the likes of Cameron McLaughlin sitting back and stepping back. So it'll be um, it's not going to change, and it's they're more comfortable with it because the position in the sense of McLaughlin Higgins is now more permanent as as backs rather than forwards. And um, of all the, the fairy tale, I suppose, of, of Tipperary and everything else, the cold light of the day is if these boys get ball and they become 20, 30% more accurate because they've been disastrous from their scoring stakes. They've, they've, they've only converted third, in the low 30, 30 to 40% of their, their scoring opportunities. And that's been, you know, you go, when you're winning, you don't really focus on that or it's not seen from the outside. But I'm sure Liam Cairns is in Guys, if we do actually hit song, if we do actually play to our potential, because they're doing everything right, but they're missing a lot of scores, and um, it's 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 going to be game on, and, and it's it's going to be no cakewalk. It never really is um, when you're playing a Mio team, like and you're the underdog because Mio always love to be the underdogs. What about Alan Dill? Like he, you know, he, the Mayo management started him the last day in the half forward line. You would have thought that he was the sort of player. Um, that you'd like to finish with on the pitch, particularly in a in a close game, given how well he kind of uses the ball. But um, you know, if you start Alan Dillon, I presume the sacrifice is you know that he's 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 definitely not going to finish the game. Is it just that the Mayo forward line looks a bit more sure of themselves with Andy Moore and Alan Dillon starting in the alongside you know Killian O'Connor and Dermot O'Connor and um, 
Yeah, Aidan O'Shea, because I think between Andy Moran and, and Alan Dillon, they're probably not going to get you a huge amount of scores, even though you know Moran use, get wins a huge amount of ball, and, and Dillon's you know use of possession is very very good. You're, you're kind of putting it up to those three to to get you what five or six points on average between them or each. Yeah, you know, but that's going to be key. And what, what when you're implementing <clears throat> a game plan as such, you need patience, you need maturity, and you need experience. And them two players that you mentioned there, Alan Dillon and Andy Moore, have that in buckets. They, and, and the way Alan Dillon, he, he probably was probably one of the most um, intelligent footballers I ever played with. He, he is, you know, and, and the, it was kind of enticing to say, you know what, I have the ball, I have time on the ball, will I, won't I? Alan Dillon didn't kick it in. He kept possession. He kept forcing the Tyrone halfback out that little bit deeper. Um, he didn't they didn't kick ball away and, and, and possession is king when you're playing at this level at a quarter final or semi final level, no matter what the name of the team is, they have they have reached that 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 goal or that stage where they're good enough and they're playing as well as, as any other teams in the in the country in the top four. But it is it is key. Now, you know, there is miles in the clock, but I I'd, I'd rather um the likes of Alan Dillon maybe finishing uh, against Tipperary rather than starting because it is going to be it is going to be a different game plan. They're coming up against an attacking team, and uh, I think a great a great move by the middle management the last day was when Tyrone put a, took off McMahon and put on a runner on Alan Dillon. Seven minutes later, they come out and they bring Tom Parsons on at midfield, and they're going right. Our objective to run the legs of Alan Dillon is not going to work. What do we do now in Plan B? And it, it, it questioned Tyrone at every every opportunity. I think Alan Dillon. It's not about. You know, Alan Dillon wanted to play the full game, the start or the end. He wants to be part of a successful new team. And I think that's that's going to be key how the, the older players, and he's definitely going to be start. He, he's created a lot of room inside. And uh, nine times out of ten, the ball is kicked in there. He wins it. And it's not 50-50 ball. He makes great runs. He makes six or seven runs to make the decision on the final run. And he, he, he's a good link man between Killian O'Connor and uh, Aidan O'Shea uh, sweeping around him. The longevity of those two boys is, is incredible. Like in fairness to them, you know, just looking at the twenty twelve team here, Alan started that day when they're beaten by Donegal in the final and uh Andy Moran I think had just done his knee I think the, uh, the day before the game before that. And if you had to say after that final that they'll be back in twenty sixteen in the semi final, the two lads are still gonna be very central to what to do. Now whether the start or come on or whatever, but they're still gonna be very central to what to do, you'll be sort of saying, Well, if you know, those guys are probably it's time maybe for them to move on and give someone else a chance but there they are they're still there and they're still very important what Mayo yeah. do is a, there's a credit to them. Moran won a lot of ball the last day and he was very impressive against Tyrone but you just got the sense that the way Tyrone defended they kind of they give you the outside like they, they kind of give you the corner and if that's where you're going to run into and win it they'll just make sure that they block off the middle it's about the lads coming through off that ball because I don't think Andy Moran is going to turn any cornerback in the country really now and go past them and score a goal um, you know they do need that the runs coming from midfield and their half forward line to take the ball off him because you know if he runs in the corner he wins the ball and he has to take a hop or a solo you're kind of in a little bit of trouble there you know you know that's how these sort of attacks get clogged up very quickly. His presence too I think just takes a little bit of pressure off if it's Killian inside or maybe if Aidan O'Shea moves inside I think it does take a little bit of pressure off if if you as you say maybe he's just getting the ball to stick mm. inside mm. the scoring zone but it just means that that's one that Killian and Aidan don't have to do. The other thing, David, is that we might see a lot more of Dermot O'Connor the next day. I mean, he clearly wasn't match fit the last day, but Stephen Rochford at the Mayo Press Night last week was saying he was back in full training and he was confident he'd be he'd be going at full pelt this weekend. 
And like he's he's a guy who can offer real penetration coming from deep, isn't he? He can. And, uh, um, you know, I was I was kind of disappointed to see him on the pitch for so long the last year because I myself said, you know what, with 25 minutes to go, his legs were gone. He put in a massive, massive amount of work. And uh, I thought to my own management, when they did ask him, was he okay? And he said, yeah, that was their time to take him off because they had it in their mind. We're doubtful. But you never ask a player in the middle of Crow Park if he's okay. It's up to the management to make that decision. And they left him on with only about six or seven minutes to go. And I thought, hopefully he didn't pick up an injury. I thought he did, but he definitely cramped up. Um, so I, I do think that McLaughlin now playing an orthodox back role, that it's probably putting a lot of more work away from goal and, and Jeremy O'Connor. I, I don't know if that suit him. We've seen him playing well all year when he's been on the 40. 35, 30-yard line, but the vast majority of the time he was back in his own 30, 35-yard line. So I think that's probably taken away a bit from his attacking um, positives, but um, the game under his belt is definitely going to stand to him. And um, uh, and I suppose just on one a point the boys were making there, we, we you know, some teams do allow possession in the corners, but the one thing with Andy Moore, and we've seen it, and I think we'll see more of it on Sunday, is that his intuition to know where to be under Aidan O'Shea in front 20 yards from goal when the high ball comes in. We've seen as it didn't happen enough, um, but I think we'll see it happening more that he will be the, the, the intelligence under Aidan O'Shea on the breaking ball and getting the link, pop pass, left or right, unopposed, the way that um, the way that he plays. and It's, it's kind of funny. Usually you see players towards the twilight of the career petering out are the flame beginning to die. But I, I, I still see I still see the likes of Dylan and Moore, and as we said, has been pivotal and uh, as fresh as ever. Definitely in the mind and that's 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 a big that's a big asset to a new team that has introduced two or three um younger players into the panel and the team this year.